uses Jesus followers to reach people for himself, right? And so we know that, that God gives different skills, God gives different talents and, and uh, different ministries to us and how he calls us into different things. And it looks so beautiful. If you remember the, the illustration of the mosaic, right, of what that looks like and how God just uses all of our different talents and gifts and, and callings to reach people for him. And so um, we had a ministry in, in music that we got to hear about and how, the avenue of that and how that went deeper into that. And so this Sunday, tonight, um, we, we are our avenue for this one. I was like, man, Pastor Gabe, we got to get this next guest in. He's, got, he's, a, he's a believer. He's, a, he's got a heart for God. He's got a ministry, and he, I don't want to go into too much detail because he'll share more about that, but um, my wife and I, so we're avid fans of UFC. If you don't know what that is, it's Ultimate Fighting Championship, and uh, we love watching it like almost every weekend, and I know there's a few actually in here that are huge fans as well that we watch that, but, but um, this fighter, we love watching his, his, his fights, and we're always tuned in. But um, he's, he's a lightweight, and what that means is he's lighter than I am. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but he's a... <laughs> oh, gosh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, he's a 155-er, which is basically, he fights at, at lightweight. That's lightweight, right? It's 155 pounds, and so, which is, yeah, lighter than me. <laughs> and so, uh, but he, his record's 21 and 4. I was like, man, I was like, I would love to introduce him like Bruce Buffer, if you don't know who that is, but I don't have that same talent. But uh, his record's 21 and 4, 21 wins, 4 losses. Um, and this is what's cool. So his 21 wins, it's, uh, you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but it's, it's five of those are by knockout. If you don't know what that is, it's like the, you know, like the boom and you're out, right? Okay, that's a knockout, or it could be a head kick, however that works. Um, then it could be a submission. It's eight wins by submission, and that's because he's a world-class grappler. He's a world-class jiu-jitsu uh, practitioner. Um, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm getting, like, fanboying and, like, nervous and everything, but, but we just, we love him. He's, he, we watch him from afar, and we've heard his testimony, and he loves God, and he follows God, and that's the most amazing thing about that. And, um, and he's, he's local to us, right? He's, he's a brother in Christ. He lives in, uh, he's from Yorba Linda. And so, but uh, without further ado, let's welcome Benil Dariush. Good evening, everybody. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know the numbers that he mentioned. I'm not even sure what they are exactly, but uh, I appreciate how detailed he was with that. Um, I guess I'll just uh, jump into it. Um, I, I fight for a living, and uh, it's kind of been like that for for a good 15 years. I started when I was 18, but uh, let me pull back a little bit. Um, I was born in Iran. I am a Syrian. Assyrians are a minority in Iran and, and predominantly Christian. Uh, I'm like 99% of them are Christian, but imagine being in a Muslim, a Muslim country with uh, like 99.9% .9 of the country is Muslim and we're a small minority. Anyways, um, I lived in a small village for as long as I can remember. And um, one of the reasons I became a fighter is actually my father. When I was, uh, I must have been three. I, I don't, it's my first memory of my father. I don't have a very good relationship with him. I, I, I don't really know, you know, we didn't hang out too much, unfortunately. But um, I remember getting beat up. 
And I remember going to him to be, uh, you know, kind of like consoled or whatever. And he gave me the worst possible advice. <laughs> but uh, he, he, I, he just kind of looked at me. He's like, you got beat up? And he, he's like, why? And uh, I, I looked at him and he's like, why didn't you just win? And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, was there, was there more than one? And I was like, I, I, I don't remember. But I think I might I, I probably lied and said, yeah. And, and he's like. Next time, just pick up a rock or a stick or something. And I like at that point, my mind was blown. I looked at my dad and I was like, this is the smartest guy I've ever met. That's how broken I was, you know, like that makes so much more sense. I should have just won. Why did I waste my time? You know, and I spent all that time crying, whatever. I could have just won. Anyways, that that mentality has been with me and I can't seem to get rid of it even if I want. But fortunately, even my brokenness, God, God can use for his glory. So it's really cool. So um, being in Iran, being in that small village, grew up, lots of fights. Uh, fortunately, my grandma and my mother were, um, they're believers, and uh, they try to keep me as close as uh, possible to the Lord. And uh, how do I explain my, my, my uh, outlook at that time? Okay, so in the, in the gospel or in, in the Old Testament, in Genesis, when Adam and Eve get kicked out, they get kicked out east. When Cain kills his brother Abel, he goes east. And then after him, he has a descendant by the name of Lamech. They keep moving east until the, until the flood, basically. So uh, the best way I could ex explain myself, I was always standing outside east east of Eden. I, uh, I always, my mom would go to church, my grandma would go to church, and they would tell me about God and, and his goodness and all that. And I would just stand kind of outside the church. And that, that's, the, that's the best way I could explain myself, even when we came to America. We came to America, and I had a pretty normal childhood, played a lot of video games. Um, didn't We'd go to church like two times a year, or at least I would. Uh, my mom was, my mom and grandma were different, but I would go maybe two times a year. Uh, yeah, played a little soccer, was not that great at it, uh, did whatever. And then I turned um, 18, and right before I was about to go to college, I, I, you know, everybody started telling me, you know, when you go to college, you get out of shape, you, you gain weight, and I hated working out. I had played soccer my last uh, year of uh, high school. I wrestled for a month, and I really liked wrestling even more than soccer. Soccer was fun, but I really enjoyed wrestling. So I was like, man, maybe I'll just try something like wrestling, you know, uh, instead of working out, working out, because I hated working out. It was, and I still do. I always tell my uh, strength and conditioning coach, the day I retire is the day we stop seeing each other. So we got to figure out something else. I'm never coming back here, you know. I'm not coming back here to do these push-ups or sprints or whatever it is you're trying to make me do. I, I don't, I'm not going to be here. Anyways, I, uh, I found jujitsu. I had watched UFC and, you know, obviously I love fighting. I, I had been kicked out of school a couple of times. I, I had, you know, you know, I, I, uh, I was a troublemaker, uh, even though my mom doesn't like to admit it, I was a troublemaker. I, uh, found jujitsu and I found jujitsu and I tried to go when I was 17. My mom wouldn't sign the papers cause you have to, you know, so she, so I waited till I was 18. A couple of months later, I started jujitsu and I fell in love with it. It was, uh, it was almost fighting. It was grappling, but I could submit people. So, you know, jujitsu is different than wrestling because wrestling, you take a person down, you hold them, and that's kind of how you win. Jiu-jitsu, if you, you know, grab the neck and you squeeze the right way, or if you grab the arm and you squeeze or whatever, and they tap, that's how you win. And I 
fell in love with it. Just my character and, and just the way I was, I fell in love with it. So I started training instead of one, just once a day. I started with once a day. It turned into two days. And then I, I was like, well, man, work is really getting in the way and school is getting in the way. So I started scheduling things, everything around my training. I started competing. And I, my first competition, I remember competing and winning. And I thought to myself, this is it. Once I won, I was like, this is it. I turned winning into a god. I turned it into an idol, and I did it so fast because after that, I was hooked. Everything was about winning, and um, my whole out view of the, of the month, of the, of the week, of the day just depended on that. Did I, win, did I win my competition or did I lose it? If I would lose, it, it would just hold on to me and just make me miserable and then if I would win I'd have a uh, I'd some uh, I'd, I'd feel good for a while not for a long time but but uh I'd feel good until probably the next tournament um unfortunately that started getting shorter and shorter that's one thing I do remember the more I would start to win and, and the, that feeling of just you know that that uh that enjoyment started getting shorter and shorter and it was harder to attain and I had to get bigger goals and whatever Anyways, I'm, uh, I'm 18, and then all of a sudden I'm 22, and I'm on the verge of being one of the best grapplers in the world. I, I was moving into the, to the biggest division. I was moving into the advanced division, which is the black belt division, and I was supposed to be the next, next, big, uh, next big thing. And uh, pretty happy with myself, obviously, at this point. And, you know, uh, my mom really didn't expect anything of me. She saw me still kind of going to school. She didn't really know too many details. I had a job. Uh, everything I had was just so I could continue to compete and, and do what I was doing. Uh, but one day she comes to me and says, hey, uh, there's a situation going on in Iran. Iran and America are um, at an odds, and they've put uh, sanctions on Iran. They've blocked all of Iran. We used to get money from Iran, and no longer are we able to do that anymore. And for a second, I just paused. I didn't really think much of it. And she's like, we are in a really bad spot, and I don't know what I'm going to do. What do you think? At this point, I'm 22, spoiled. And when I say spoiled, I could get money from my mom if I asked her. She would always be like, yeah, of course, honey. You know, <laughs> my mom is, she's the most caring person, you know. She, she spoiled the crap out of me, and my mom, uh, my sister used to always say it too. Um, but, like, to see her... To come to me, never, never had I helped at the house, never had I paid, paid a penny for anything. To see her to come to me and be like, hey, we need something. I, you know, I need something. We can't, we need this. Like, I don't, I remember just the first thing I thought of was just saying to her, like, I got to do something. You know, like, take care of her. I just want to make her feel better. So I said, oh, mom, it's okay. I'll take care of it. Don't worry, you know. That's what I said to her. And then I remember just going to my room and saying to myself, what the heck am I going to do? You know, I, um, I don't have anything. I've, all I do is train. All I do is compete. I mean, even the f friends that I had, even all those people, I, I pushed them away. My, my family, I pushed away. I don't really have anybody to turn to because I was so in love with competition and winning. And uh, like when you can't look left, when you can't look right, there's... There's two options. You're either going to look down or you're going to look up. Unfortunately, uh, I, I looked up. I, I looked up and I started praying. And it was simple. I was like, listen, man, if you're up there, it was literally like this. Listen, if you're up there, I need you right now. Like, you, you got to do something. 
you know, um, and I remember praying this, and it wasn't just once I prayed this. I prayed this multiple times, and um, I started talking to my mom about getting a job, and, and um, just I was going to practice, and my, uh, my coach calls me, but this is an MMA coach. I don't spend a lot of time with him at, uh, back then. Now I spend a lot of time with him. Uh, I, I didn't spend a lot of time with him, but he was an MMA coach, and um, he asked me, hey, do you want to fight? I had fought before, but I had done it just for fun, just to tell people, yeah, I fought before. You know, I, I've done the MMA thing. I, I, I was really, really trying to go for that competition, just being a jiu-jitsu world champion. I, I, I had fought, and he called me, and he's like, hey, um, would you be interested in fighting in Brazil? And I'm thinking to myself, man, I'd love to fight in Brazil. I've been trying to compete in Brazil, you know, whatever, but this isn't, this isn't time, you know. I, 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 I got I to gotta grow up and be an adult. And he starts talking about Brazil, and he's like, they'll pay you. And, and that's right away, like, light goes off in my head. What do you mean they'll pay me? And he's like, yeah, they'll pay you this much. And, I, and when he said how much they would pay me, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a joke. And I was like, let's go. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll go out in like a month and a half, and uh, we'll come back. I was like, yeah, sounds good. So I spend the next six weeks preparing for this, and... Um, I go out there three minutes into the fight. I win, come back home, and I'm like, Mom, see, we got some money. Here you go. And she was so happy. But then same thing. She says, this is great, but what about the next month and the month after that? And, you know, like being an adult, I didn't understand it back then. Even though I was 22, I didn't really get it. And I, same thing happened to me. I broke down again. I was like, what am I going to do? I just said, oh, you know, take care of it. I was like, man, I could fight again, but I know fights don't. I used to have to pay to fight in MMA because there, there's not a whole, you have to pay the athletic commission. Like opportunities like Brazil don't pop up too often. And I was like, oh man, I gotta figure something out. So that being said, I did the same thing. I went back into my room, I started praying and um, not even a couple of days later, I got a call from a friend. He, he said to me, hey, you know, I wanna get better at jujitsu. Like okay, sounds good. Whatever, I'll I'll help you. And he he's a, he's a close friend of mine, and he's always helped me out with whatever. So I I went and I started teaching him a little bit. And I remember finishing the practice that day, and he he pulled out a hundred bucks and gave me a hundred bucks. I was like, what is this? He's like, well, you know, for the lesson. I was like, oh man, I can't take your money. He's like, Shh, shut your mouth. He's like oh, much older than me, so he's kind of a, like a father figure. He's like, just shut your mouth and take the money. I was like, okay. And I, I just took the money. I didn't think much of it. He's like, okay, well, he says to me, when are we doing this again? I was like, uh, whenever you want, I guess. I didn't, I, and I, that turned into three to four times a week. I was like, what the heck? How did this happen? I couldn't believe it. So between that and then I kept getting calls for fights and uh, a couple of other, couple of other things. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, I, I got to a point where every single time I prayed, God would open a door. And I didn't even understand at that, that time what that meant. So it, I'm like, it, I feel like I had like a genie, you know? And, and it's a terrible way to think of God, but I felt like I had a genie. Uh, but I, I actually got really, um, I, I started to feel guilty. I've been, asking, I've been asking God for whatever it is, and he's just said yes every single time. And I remember I, I prayed, and I was like, okay, I get it. Everything I've asked you said uh, yes to. What do you want? And I, I remember praying, and, and right away, like it was instant, I had a wrestling coach who was a pastor, and I would ignore him at all times except for when we were on the mat, when we were wrestling. When we were wrestling, I would listen to him, but outside of that, 
you know, he'd, he'd invited me to church every Sunday. And I would just be like, it's not can't Sunday. I got jiu-jitsu practice. It's exactly at the same time. And he, he wouldn't say anything. He'd just, you know, uh, move on. And that was the first thing that came to my mind as soon as I prayed. And that just hit me. And I, and I remember calling him. I was like, hey, what time service? And he's like, oh, we got an 8.30 and a 10.30. I was like, okay, I'll come to the 10.30. 8.30 is too early. I... Um, <sighs> I, I, I went in, I went into church and um, it wasn't, church wasn't fun for me in, in the beginning. I got to be honest with you because they were, you know, they came in singing and worshiping and uh, like, I was like, what's going on here? You know, I, I, I just, at that time, I mean, I was a sinner, man. I'm not even going to like, I was a sinner in, in everything. I, uh, I had made winning an idol. I, I you know women, whatever you want to call it. It's just, I was a sinner. I remember going in there being so uncomfortable, but I'm like, okay, this is where he wants me. That's fine. I'll be here. And I just sat, I would get through the music. I would sit down. I would go through the message. And every time I would hear about Jesus, that was like the only thing that would catch my ear. And I would hear about him and I was like, okay, I heard something. I learned something. And then I would go home and then I would show up again the next Sunday and, and same thing, uncomfortable through the music, and then they would, we were uncomfortable through the service. I would hear about Jesus, but I would be uncomfortable through the service because they were talking about sinners, and I'm like, man, that's me. Like, I'm, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. Like, this is, like, literally the last place I probably should be uh, because every single thing they say is, like, that's me. Anyways, um, what happened is I just... I was so interested in this character of Jesus. I was, I, I, I like pastor would talk to me, Josh would talk to me, my wrestling coach would talk to me about him, and I just, I kind of was falling in love with this guy, and I wanted to know more about him, so what did I do? Picked up my Bible, and I started reading, and I'm very stubborn. Everybody said, hey, start with the New Testament. It's where you want to start. Genesis, straight to Genesis. Yeah, I got this. I was like a D student in high school. I'll be fine. I... Started in Genesis, and I forced myself through the Bible. And I, I, I got to be honest with you, I should have started in the New Testament. Anyways, <laughs> I, got to the, I got to Jesus, and the more I, like, everything I read and everything I saw in him was just beautiful. Yeah, I, I don't know how else to put it. I, I know I'm talking about a, a man, but it was beautiful. And, um, and I understood he wasn't just a man. And by the end of it, I understood he wasn't just a man. And I understood what he had done, and I just fell in love with him. And so, that being said, I fell in love with the Savior, and then the Lord part, that took a while. Like, that was a battle for me. Like, I literally wrestled with him for a good couple of years before I finally said, okay, you've been Savior for a while, but now you're going to be Lord too. So, I, I gave up everything. And uh, at that time, so like I said, I was 22. I, I, I want to say around like... 24, 25, I gave up my life to the Lord. I was, uh, I should have been married earlier, but I, I, I started uh, to, to, to uh, started dating my wife um, maybe like a month or two later. I, she'd been around all the time, and I, I know the Lord was like pushing me towards it, but I, I, I thought women were, would actually get in the way of my, uh, my, my job. So I always stayed away in, in terms of relationships, but in, and but he said go so I said okay I went you know that's uh, that's what it means to be Lord you know like Savior you like the Savior part because he just saves you but the Lord part that was a little bit more tricky I, I wrestled with the Lord 
as often as possible. Still do, actually. Anyways, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, I, my wife, a couple of years later, we, we were supposed to get married. I, I was trying to get married earlier, actually, because God was very clear about it. Hey, this is the one you're going to marry her. So I was trying to get married. Her family was like, no, no, no. My wife's Vietnamese. College is very important. I, I didn't know this. I had dropped out for fighting. You know, I had dropped out for fighting. I had, uh, by like, I think by 24, I had made it to the UFC. So, you know, that's how I was providing for my mom. So I was like, nah, I'm not going back to school. I'm out of here, you know. So they were like, no, school's really important for us. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, we, don't, we don't know about this. And, and at that time, I even had started my own business. But they were like, no, you got to go to school. So it, uh, we ended up, I didn't fight, but my wife started fighting with her mother. It, it turned into a big deal, but that uh, fight ended up, like, we started compromising finally because my wife was like, I'm leaving. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to call my pastor because I can't be living with a woman that's not my wife. So I, I called my pastor, and he's like, well, we could do a secret wedding. I'm freaking out. Like, the whole thing is just freaking me out. I'm like, this isn't how... <laughs> Imagine any of this. Anyways, as we're leaving, literally had the suitcase and everything. We're leaving. Uh, my mother-in-law calls us in, and she's like, okay, we'll make a deal. Uh, she finishes school, whatever. So it uh, took a couple of years. My wife uh, finished her nursing school. We got married. I have a daughter. Uh, she's 14 months. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, this, this is the cra- crazy thing about God. Uh, this is the crazy thing about the Lord. The things I ran away from, like marriage... Children, if if someone asks me to speak at a church, the first thing I speak on is marriage. Like that's 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 the first thing I'll speak on. I don't even waste my time trying to speak on anything else because I know how far I ran away from marriage. So and I know that's where he's brought. A lot of times, uh, um, like he's shown me things in scripture, and I'm like, okay, I got it. I'm, that's 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 what I'll be speaking on. Anyways, uh, I was uh, I was out in the east. I was away from the garden. But that's how I got to the garden, uh, just fighting somehow, even that brokenness, you know, even that brokenness he used. Um, a couple of things they, uh, uh, Pastor Gabriel asked me to mention is uh, since, I've, uh, since I became a Christian, I went on a couple of mission trips. One of them, one of them was Haiti. We, uh, we went to Haiti and we saw the need there. I remember meeting Pastor Leo. He, he, he's a native of Haiti, and um, he was showing me around, uh, and he showed me the 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 place where they uh, the kids would go pick up food, and it was a dump basically. And I remember just, and I was a young Christian. I, I was like, man, this is horrible. Like, do something about this, you know? I was like, why aren't you doing anything here, Pastor? <laughs> and I looked at him. <laughs> I looked at him like, hey, what can we do for these kids? He's like, well, I. I I don't know, you know. Uh, I was like, can I can I buy him some rice and beans? You know, he's like, yeah, that'd be great. So we ended up buying some rice and beans for them. I, I think we got like eight bags of each. We came home and uh, we started feeding the kids. We called the kids. We had like over a hundred kids just show up, like Adam, easy. And that was that was a limited number. We tried to hold them back. Um, so the kids came, and I remember finishing that day, and I'm like, oh man, that was great. Uh, and I remember just thinking to myself, I don't can't go home and forget about this. I told Leo, Pastor Leo, like, hey, um, when that runs out, before it runs out, let me know. We'll, 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 I'll talk to Josh. He was with me too. We'll, we'll go through the church and we'll redo, like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll send you money. Just, just keep feeding these kids. And 
And he's like, okay, great, praise God. And he's, 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 uh, he's very cool, very eccentric. Anyways, we, uh, we came back, we started doing that, and he, he called me one day, and he's like, hey, you know, we've been feeding these kids now for, for a good six months, or it had been a year, I can't remember exactly. What do you think about a school? I'm like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, well, we bring him to the church. We could just, you know, put some four walls up and we can teach these kids. We, 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 right now we give them God's word before we feed them, you know. We, we feed them with God's word and then we feed them with food. What do you think if we can just make, turn that into a daily thing? Like, and, and we would make a, sk- a school, would they be for hours? I said, yeah, praise God, that sounds cool. What do we need? He's like, well, just some bricks. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Uh, we, we started that, and a couple of years later, the the feeding program had turned into a school. And then I remember calling Leo because I, I, you know, the more I became a Christian, the more I started hearing things, and I actually saw things, and I stopped ignoring them. I started hearing about hating and traffic, and and how much trafficking happens there. And I'm sure I I'm sure I've also been to Estonia before, not not as a mission trip, but I, I was I was young. I went there as a uh, on a cruise, and I remember just seeing just it was all women, uh, and I understand it was because of the war. But same thing in, in Estonia. There's a lot of trafficking there because there's so many women. Anyways, in Haiti, it's it's very common, and they take them as babies. I I I, I couldn't believe it. And the way they do it is they do it through children uh, or uh, orphanages. It's like orphanages? Are you kidding me? So I I freaked out. I remember just freaking out. And I was like, I gotta do something. I call Leo, and I'm like. Hey, Leo, what do you think about like a like an orphanage? He's like, yeah, we've been praying for this for years. I was like, why didn't you tell me? You know, like I'm freaking out and he's freaking out. And then I'm like, okay, Leo, well, let's get this figured out. Like I don't have the money right now, but listen, I, I, at that time, right, I was getting married. My wife's like, we, I'm not living in that dump you call, call a home. <laughs> uh, so I was getting married. We we're buying a new house and I'm just, you know, uh, scrambling. And I was like, Leo... You know, we'll try to get it done by the end of the year. And it was right, it must have been like January or February when I called him. And I'm like, we'll, we'll get it done by the end of the year or something, you know. Uh, unless, you know, something goes well and I get a bonus on this next fight. If, if the if, you know, if I get a bonus, we'll, we'll make that happen. Anyways, the fight ends up being like the comeback of the year. It was the fight against your car clothes. Everybody, like, it's been repo- It's my most reposted fight. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm actually tired of seeing it. But praise God, man. That that fight, because, um, you know, I get beat up a little bit in it, so I don't like seeing that part. Like, I get hit a couple of times, and then I go forward. Anyways, that fight ended up being a, you know, comeback of the year. I, I got the bonus, and then Leo, Leo was like, let's get started. And right away, we got kids. We, 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 we got the home, and, you know, um, and we started the children's home. And now, like... That's just that's just the Lord, and uh, in our gym too, we we uh, we started a ministry too as well. I, I they mentioned they asked me to mention that too, but we started with just a Bible study and just a Bible study every Thursday turned into a church service every month, and we're hoping that eventually becomes uh, every week. But I guess it was really simple it was just me being faithful in the little things um I, shoot i don't know how to end this but um i'll i'll use an example uh joshua in the old testament he's one of the most successful characters if not the most successful I mean, it's him joseph there's a couple other guys but joshua is one of my favorite characters because um he is a picture of jesus think of it like this moses gave the commandments moses was the man moses uh 
brought the people out of Egypt into the wilderness, but Moses didn't bring them to the promised land. And the reason, the reason why Joshua is one of my favorite characters is because in English, his name is Joshua. In Hebrew, his name is Yeshua. In Greek, his name is Jesus. So what's cool about that is look at it like this. Moses, the law, the religion, couldn't get you to the promised land. It's Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua. He's the one who brings you home. And, you know, and uh, one last thing about Joshua is he's the most successful character. He wins battle after battle. In um, chapter 11, verse 15, it, 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 God basically, it says everything that uh, God had given him in terms of inheritance, he was able to claim. And it's a really cool picture for us because he got a physical inheritance. Is it up there? Perfect. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses, his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. This is amazing because look at it like this. They had been given a physical inheritance in, in, in the promised land. We've been given a spiritual one. Joshua was able to inherit every single bit. You know the, the, the secret to Joshua? If you read the Old Testament, there's, there's a place called Gilgal. That's his secret. Gilgal was his secret. Gilgal is where God uh, took away their sins. It says, uh, it, it means to, uh, 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 Gilgal means to remember, but it's where God took away their sins of Egypt. Uh, and, um, and the way they worked, they camped there. They would go to battle. They would win victories. And then immediately they would come back to Gilgal and they would rest in Gilgal. And I want you to think of it like that. They had Gilgal. We have a similar place. In Aramaic, it's called Golgotha. In Latin, it's called Karka. In English, it's called Calvary. Calvary is where Jesus was crucified. That is literally our key to victory. Jesus and what he did at that cross is your key to victory. The secret is this. You start your battles from Jesus. You come home. When you go to battle, you, you will be victorious in the name of Jesus, I promise you. And then when you come home, this is, this is very important. You don't hang out anybody, or anywhere else. You come straight home. You come straight home to him. Because what happens is, and this happens to me all the time too, I will have these great, giant spiritual victories. And then I'll get a little bit comfortable. And then just doing that, everything I had just build up tears down. And this is, that is our, that is our key to victory. Calvary, uh, the cross, that is our victory. You just got to start there and finish there. Don't hang out anybody, uh, anywhere else. Uh, the, the, Joshua was fighting the Canaanites. They were vile. They were absolutely vile. They were just sacrificed their own children. They put them into prostitution. They, they would make our culture look decent. Like, that's how bad they were. But that should be a picture for us. We're not of this world. We're of, we're of Jesus, but we're out there in this world in, in battle. So we go to battle, we come home to him, and we rest in him. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you uh, for allowing me to come here just to be able to share uh, my story, my testimony. Lord, I'm grateful. Uh, I, I know the Apostle Paul said it doesn't. It's neither who waters nor who plants that matter, but God who gives growth. It's you who give growth, Lord. I um, I pray, Lord, you bless this place. You give them growth. You give. You plant more seeds. You just. 
you uh, in abundance, Lord, I ask it. Um, Lord, I pray for the, the, the ministry here as they travel to uh, other countries, as, as they go out there. I pray you keep them safe. I pray that they rest in you. I pray that they go out there to battle and victory, and they come home to you, Lord. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.